Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So, welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I am here today with a true icon of the travel industry. She's been around for quite some years and has got a absolute depth of experience beyond anyone's wildest dreams of being in travel. So Amanda Matthews is the co-founder and MD of Designer Travel. And Amanda and I have known each other for quite a few years, um, but it's great to have you on, Amanda. How are you? I'm great, thank you. And I'm quite enjoying being called an icon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, absolutely. Put it that way. (laughs) <laughs> well, you are, and you're always very stylish and out there. We've just been talking about, um, you know, the joys of retail therapy before we press record, didn't we? <laughs> you absolutely were one of my strengths, obviously. <laughs> one of the many strengths, one of the many strengths. So, Amanda, obviously a lot of people will know you anyway because of your sort of, you know, how long you've been in the industry and what you've been doing, all the good stuff. But some people might not who aren't familiar with the industry so much. So do you want to kick off just giving us a bit of a canter through your background and, you know, how life started for you and your illustrious career? And then we'll uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, okay. So um, I was when I was at school, um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I flitted from a solicitor to an accountant to a vet to anything literally everything and anything and then at the last year in school I did work experience in WH Smith travel and I absolutely loved it I loved the whole finding people's holidays and dreams and just dealing with the general public it's been the first time I've done that so I um, left school went to then on to college to do a diploma in travel and tourism and the did a year, loved it, really enjoyed being at college, a bit more freedom and everything. And then the manager of the WH Smith shop in Coventry, he called and said, how would you fancy having a job? So I was like, oh, God, I've got a year of college to go. But I loved being in that travel agent so much. Um, and I've done the odd Saturday for him. So I thought I approached my college tutor and said, I've been given this opportunity and he said, right, well, take it and just do your college course on David on your day off every week. So I started this job and then on my day off for a whole year, I travelled over to Stratford from Coventry and did my business um, diploma, which I passed. And then I then moved to a travel agent with that manager. who was a, one of my mentors from many, many years ago called Steve Higgins. And um, I moved with him to a travel agent in rugby. And at the time, it was called Travel Centre. We were taken then over by the co-op. And that's where my kind of career started, if you like. Um, So I just took to travel like a duck to water. I loved it. I loved all my clients. And I loved kind of just the buzz of selling holidays. 
and I, I was became the youngest manager or one of the youngest managers in the power. And I was 18 when I was given my first managerial position. And I ran it like my own shop. You know, I was only 18, but I was probably quite a grown up 18 year old. Um, and I just loved it. I worked so hard. I, you know, I never looked at hours or anything. I just worked and worked and grew this business to be you know millions of pound turnover which back then was was a big shock so then I just naturally progressed through became a regional manager became an operations manager and I got pulled into head office and was a commercial manager and a director of sales and all these kind of jobs but before the, the last seven years of my career at the co-op being the MD of travel care um which was you know amazing and we had 500 shops we had call centers you know, it was a really big business and being part of the co-op, um, you know, I was also involved in funerals and, and, and shoes and all these other kind of chemists um, because I was on the board of, of those kind of um, the MDs that ran those businesses too. So that was like really, really interesting. And no matter what happened in travel, which let me tell you, there was always some drama in travel. I was always the most positive one on the boardroom table. So they were all making a fortune and we would always got a drama, but I was always there happy and smiley and, and carrying on. And then in 2008, um, co-op travel care, the, the, the cooperative group merged with United Northwest Co-op. And, and all of the businesses were put together, not just travel. And at that point, I took my opportunity to take a very good redundancy package after 20 odd years. I'd always wanted to work for myself, but I'd never quite had the courage to do it. Um, and I decided that I didn't need this money anyway. I've been really sensible in my career. And and I thought, no, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to set up designer travel. And it was always about setting up a travel agent that was about its people, about, you know, delighting people and looking after people, whether they be clients or whether they be people that work for you. And so I remember being in Hyde Park with um, a few of my colleagues, blank piece of paper. How do we make this work? And here we are 14, 13 years later. Um, we've got 105 home workers. We've got a retail shop. We've got websites, social media sites. And I love my job every minute of every day. I love my job. Oh, gosh, that's amazing. Wow, what a cancer through. So, God, Amanda, there's, there's loads in there, and we're going to get really stuck into it. But making that transition out of corporate to becoming an entrepreneur, you said you always knew that you wanted to be your own boss. So did you know, even even when, at a younger age, even though you were at the co-op for so many years, because if you always knew you wanted to be your own boss, it took you a while to, to kind of make that jump. So what what was it at that point that you thought, right, OK, I'm ready now? You know, yeah, definitely, I definitely got to do this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've always, whatever job I've done in the organisation that I worked in, I'd always, always ran the department, the company, the brand whatever it was as if it was my own business always but it was always if this was my money what would I do so I think that you know I love working with the co-op I love the values and how they looked after people it sits that work very well with the way I work my kind of like internal kind of emotions and and and, and what I believe in and and I think you know if the merger hadn't have happened would it have still been a pipe dream maybe 
And I think the merger happened and the easiest thing for me to do would have been to stay there earning a lot of money. And I was on a lot of money and stay there and stay there until I retired. And I thought, no, no, this is somebody telling me to use this money that I didn't need necessarily and to just go for it. And that's what really prompted me to kick myself up my own backside and and do something I'd always wanted to do, but probably would have been a bit afraid to do without that push. Yeah, no, that, that, I think that's a really good point, actually, because sometimes there are just pivotal moments, aren't there, that happen in your life, whether it's personal life or business life or whatever, that just makes you stop, take stock and go, right, hang on a minute, I'm at a crossroads here, I could, I could go in this direction or that direction. And I think that's a real amazing sort of inspiring piece of advice and story for people because there are probably people listening to this that are maybe thinking oh god I've always quite fancied you know giving it a go and what if and actually just just taking that plunge because you never know do you how it's going to work out but at least you're going to have tried at least you're not going to be thinking what if um you know and you made that jump thankfully um but you loved your career it wasn't that you didn't like what you were doing it was just there was you knew there was this other side to you that you wanted to kind of go for didn't you which is incredible yeah and and I think I I mean I suppose one of the learnings that that hit me really quickly is that you know you leave this big half a billion pound turnover business that you've been responsible for for many many years and you set up this blank piece of paper and you think oh my god this is going to be so easy you know I'm going to turn over millions really quickly because I you know I know what I'm doing and you just do not realize the jump from corporate to doing everything so being your own PA ordering your business cards cleaning the toilets you know you've got to go you don't realise what you you haven't got. You haven't got departments to help you out. You've literally got to be a all all hands and feet and everything in to to make it work. So I also think that you also find out when you leave a big corporate job who your real friends are. And I give this advice to people that have maybe been made redundant and are looking for for alternative alternative kind of jobs and things. And I always say to them, this will be your moment where you will find out the people that were friends with you because of the job you had and the people that were friends with you because they got on with you and, you know, it, it was because of you as the individual. And I did have a few shockers, I have to say. Um, having said that, I found new friends and existing ones that I've kept in contact with that I wouldn't be without today. So that was, um, you know, that's, I do always talk about that when I speak to people who particularly have lost big jobs. And I think you're right, Amanda. And so much when you're when you're in that world, so much of your kind of identity really can often be sort of linked to the role, the job title, the brand of the business that you're working for. And and when that isn't there anymore, and you realise it is just Amanda Matthews or just Jeanette Linfoot without the big organization behind you i think one you do you realize who's really by your side um or supportive in whichever way you're going but also i think you it tests you and re- makes you realize how good you are in a different environment that maybe you have you've just taken it for granted for years because that's just what you've done you know um that's, but you're but you're right it's tough it's not easy at all um and and let's talk let's talk a little bit about you know how you came up with the name designer travel the concept because you've been going for 13 years now but 
your approach is quite different, I think, to, you know, your, where you came from, from the co-op. Yeah, there are some common, you know, denominators around service and what have you, but the model is is quite different, isn't it, Amanda? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we we started where it was, we needed it to always be about providing service above and beyond a normal travel agent. Um, we started where it was always going to be about people, and we also that we were going to go for kind of luxury, affordable luxury and up. And, up. Um, and so we literally sat down with a blank piece of paper. We decided that homeworking at that point was the way forward. So we would take a shop to make us look like we've got a bigger business than we have. So on the website, it looked like we've got bricks and mortar as well. But our, our strategy, even back 13 years ago, was only ever to have one shop. We've still got the one shop. Um, and it was very much about finding the right people. So we never had a strategy that said we're going to be the biggest home working company in the country. What we always sat down and said is that we want to be the best travel agent out there. And I think when you go for quality versus quantity and when you, you know, you've really got those kind of um drivers in your business then you 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 we just had to grow being very picky you know who would I book my holidays with um and who will go the extra mile this is all about repeat business looking after people you know managing people's dreams to make sure they become a reality so you know for us that was our beginning we needed to be profitable we didn't want to do anything that quickly that we were going to, you know, just fall at the first first hurdle. So we've really kind of maybe different to other entrepreneurs. We've taken the slow and steady route and have built this foundation of which now we're in a place where we can really build on. But we have done it slowly and slowly and each year finding the right people to join our kind of, we call our, you know, the dream team because they genuinely are the most amazing people. And watching people come into your business that have the same values as you and watching them grow their business and earn money that they could only have ever dreamed of just one of the most rewarding parts of my job you know mm -hmm. it, it's amazing and, and seeing customers and having you know seeing all the feedback that we get and the repeat levels of, of business is you know it, it's, it's what makes it all worthwhile yeah, definitely. And and I think that sort of it's a win-win, you know. So everyone that's that's in the business, essentially they are entrepreneurs themselves. They are individual business owners under the construct and the support network of designer travel and that consistency. And that's a really it's really quite a nice combination, doesn't it? Because there's a big motivation there for each individual, you know, travel advisor, each designer travel um person to really push because they're gonna they're gonna personally gain from it and they're building their own little business within the support network of designer travel aren't they that's that's absolutely correct and and our job and particularly my area of the job is is to, to find ways to help them grow their business successfully and you know so we're always you know I love opportunities absolutely thrive on seeing an opportunity and unlike a corporate job where you've got to go through board meetings and regional boards to get anything done I can do it straight away and I love that that's probably one of the biggest advantages of having your own uh, you know being your own boss but you know we do so much and, and think about when we think of an idea, we've got to think of it, how's it going to work for 105 people that are all at different stages of technology and at different stages of building a business. 
So it's really exciting when we think of a plan and we think of a new idea and, you know, we just make it work and it works differently for everybody. But we can see the results really, really quickly, which is just, you know, it's fantastic. But we're always we never sit on our on our hands. We're always kind of looking for the next thing to help our home workers grow. Yeah, no, it's great. And you can see that. You can see that energy and, you know, and and you exude positivity. So you said, Amanda, when you're at the co-op, even though your numbers were possibly the smallest or with the most challenge amongst those other um, other, other divisions, that you were always the the happiest, the bubbliest, the most positive that you could be, um, which is absolutely true because I, I have never, ever met you or seen you when you haven't got a smile on your face ever <laughs> yeah I mean I, I think that you know your, your outlook on life is is everything you know there's two ways always to look at everything and if you take the positive angle do you know what it makes you feel ever such a lot better than taking the less positive angle so you know even through this pandemic there's been you know this is I believe the best opportunity that a travel agent has ever had and I've been in the industry 30 years to show what a real travel agent was is all about and so we decided that this was our moment and others didn't others found tools and decided it was too difficult you know what we've always had glass half empty whatever was available to sell whatever we were able to do for our clients we did now sometimes honestly I could cry I could have you know, broken down and thought, am I being stupid here? Am I literally mad for carrying on? But you know what? No, we didn't do that. I dressed up in all kinds of weird and wonderful get-ups to make everyone smile and laugh. And we grew slum flowers. We baked apple pies. We did everything. Because sometimes you just need that bit of extra give and just a little bit of inspiration or you know we're all in the same boat. And, you know, we've come out of this that we're stronger than ever. We've we, you know, our sales are 100% hot pre-pandemic. And I genuinely don't think there's many other businesses out there in our industry that can say the same thing. And it's because we persevered in the toughest time that we've had. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on. So, so, yeah, with a smile, yeah, a smile and, and a crazy outfit on, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, and, and that is brilliant and you can see the results now, but it isn't always easy. It's been really tough. I mean, the, the travel industry, we know we're all used to dealing with, you know, absolute, like, disasters on a regular basis, whether it's ash cloud, whether it's 9-11, whether it's, you know, hurricanes or whatever, you know. But this is has been unprecedented and, and I think, you know, managing and leading well leading actually through um through through a time when it's really tough it really tests you as a leader you know it makes you dig deep doesn't it and and I think that has definitely been the case in particular the last few years yeah I mean I I I think I've never in my life worked hard I've never in my life had to get up and think about how I'm going to make people and happy today, how how we're going to keep people going today, because it's been a roller coaster, not just for a year, but this will be the, you know, the coming up to what, the two and a half years. And there's always different problems. Um, but, you know, I, I stick by that if you are, if you are the leader and you can show that you can get through this and people will stay on the bus with you, and, you know, to me, being a good leader is you've got to have everyone going with you on the bus in the same direction, 
singing off the same hymn sheet. And and that is not easy. It's difficult. And I also think when things are tough, you've got to accept that they're tough and explain to people what what's going on, how you can help and know that you're going to have bad days because, you know, we're not we're all human, aren't we, at the end of the day? Yeah, I think I think that's it. You know, I mean, the, the thing about about you, whether it's the sort of the the northern spirit or, or whatever, you know, you 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 play with a straight back. You know, you you don't shy away from you know when it is tough and explaining it's tough, but you're always there with a solution or saying, hey guys, what do you think? What can we do? You know, how are you feeling today? This is how I'm feeling, a bit rubbish today, but you know what? Let's get let's make sure we're supporting each other. And I think you know being able to actually have that resilience is 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 so key. And in, with, amongst all of that, Amanda, how how important has communication been? Because again, everyone's working. You, you guys work remotely, so arguably this was maybe less of an adjustment for you than for other businesses. Um, but still, you know, it is hard when everyone's all over the country and you're not in one office, and and you know you're trying to keep people informed, motivated, all of that stuff. So, how, how has communication played a part? And have you done anything differently during this time? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, we were we were very lucky because our business was based from home anyway. So we didn't have to adapt to going from an, from a, a retail unit, if you like, into home. So that was one of our key strengths moving, um, you know, over the last um, couple of years. But even so, we, we we're very good at communication. And we think I think even now when there's all these things going wrong in the industry, the one thing people get wrong is communication. People don't mind if it's a problem as long as they know about it and what, what's going to happen. So, you know, we've always been, positive, you know, very strong on communication, but even we had to go the extra mile. You know, we had to quickly gather, gather, um, kind of use things like Zoom. You know, we didn't really use Zoom before. You know, we had Zoom meetings. We had Zoom bar crawls. We had Zoom quiz nights. We had drop-in centres for people who were feeling maybe a little bit low. And, you know, we were just, we, we that drop-in was about, oh, what did you buy? Oh, I've got these new shoes. And it was nothing to do with work. It was people who were just lonely and they, you know, they they couldn't get out of their home like they would normally do. So, you know, we we had to do a lot of things. We did briefing calls. We did lots and lots of things, um, some fun and some serious. Just, but, you know, we're so close to our people. We know what they need and when they need it. You get this inbuilt feeling that actually it's time they, you know, we need a funny video now. We need a, one of Amanda's going to B&M's and seeing what I can buy for five quid. Um, so it was. there's all these different things that we did. But I think communication for me in all of my career is the top of my list. People and communication, without being good at those, then your business won't thrive as, as much as it, as, as it will if you're really good at them. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a that's a massive, massive, um, you know, uh, so, so important for everyone, anyone listening. And it's not just it's not just um, you know during this pandemic. It's at any time really, but in particular at a time of of change or a, a, you know crisis or whatever it might be. And um, I think you're right; those that communicate and stay close are the ones that are going to win, both with the customers and and with the the teams. And and Amanda, you know, you are really positive. And um, what do you do? to keep yourself in that positive mindset? Are there certain routines, things that you kind of have into your daily life that just make sure that you keep in, in good shape and sort of mentally and physically? Um, I mean, I've, I've got two dogs that I just adore. Um, 
and you know I think you know sometimes just getting out and just walking the dogs and going into the countryside I try to keep myself busy with you know things that with my friends and stuff to keep me going but I love work I absolutely love my job so I don't I, I think I'd have more of a mental problem if I didn't actually work as hard because it's not, I, don't, I say to them, I've got two lads and I always say to my boys, if you find a job you love, you will never feel like you're at work. So I try and take some time out and so I'm not always on my phone. Um, I try to keep fit as much as I can, um, which is mainly kind of walking. But I, I also just, I, I, I like positive people. So if people are negative, I try not to kind of dwell on what they say. I just kind of leave it and move on. Um, because if you surround yourself with people that are a bit more upbeat, then you, you just your whole life becomes a bit more positive. My dad once said to me that, you know, as long as you can face your worst case scenario, then actually everything else can't be that bad. And so even when things go wrong, I think, oh, I've got to deal with that. What's the worst thing that can happen? And then you realise it's not that bad. So you just can kind of move on from it, really. Yeah, that's that is a great perspective, actually. And that that's that's I often say that to myself, what's the worst that can happen? And then you go, right, okay, could I deal with that? Yes, I could. So let's crack on. Because <laughs> anything else is upside, isn't it? Exactly. And do you know what? It's very, very rare for something to ever be your worst case scenario ever. Yeah. And I think that's it, isn't it? Because sometimes, you know, I think whether it's deciding to, be, you know, set up your own business or go for a promotion or leave a bad relationship or start another relationship, whatever it might be, when you're actually looking at change and things, I think so often fear stops people in their tracks and they worry about all the things that may happen. But nine times out of 10, those those things are probably never going to materialize anyway. So you're putting all that energy and emotion into something that isn't a reality, you know, deal with the here and now, deal with the controllables. And, and I think that's great advice because otherwise, you know, you don't fulfill your dreams, you don't move forward. And what a great bloody shame that would be, right? Exactly. I mean, I always say that, you know, you can't, don't, you can't change what you can't change. So don't worry about it because you can, you know, there are things that we can all change worry about those and do something about those than stress over you know it's things like failure you know if you do something and it fails you, you fail to move on if you carry on in your own head worrying about why you failed you, you'll spend so much of your energy worrying about what you did wrong instead of just moving on and doing something else that's right so I suppose it all comes back to just looking at the there's always two ways to look at things and just look at the the more positive angle rather than the negative yeah, and, and and honestly, I think that is brilliant advice for everyone, Amanda, because, you know, a lot of people will be listening to this and taking great heart from that and thinking, you know what, you're so right. And I think sometimes as well, you know, if you can just catch yourself, you know, in those moments where you think, oh, I'm actually moaning a bit here or I'm feeling that I am actually a bit negative, you just catch yourself and think, no, hang on a minute, let's t switch it on its head, change the language, change the self-talk or, or whatever. And because, and you know, we're all human. We can often have, we all have bad days, don't we? But actually don't stay there too long, move out of it. I agree. And I the other thing I've given, and I, this is my own advice to myself, is when you do have a bad day or something's really upset you, you walk away from it. You walk away from it. You never deal with it there and then. 
because the next day when you reflect on things, it's never as dramatic as the day before. And then when you're able, when you're, you're, you know, you've got a problem to solve, obviously one that can wait till the next day, you will find that you're much more balanced in your approach. So I've always had a rule that if somebody, you know, if, if somebody sent you, for example, not a very nice email, you never reply straight away, ever. Reflect, next day, you, you, will, you will literally find yourself much calmer. Yeah, God, I love that. Oh, I'm going to take note of that myself, Amanda. See, I always learn so much when I'm having these conversations, honestly. No, it's really cool. And, and Amanda, obviously, you know, you mentioned you've got the boys and your lovely husband. Well, you didn't mention a lovely husband, actually, but I'll throw him in just for good measure. <laughs> Um, you know, so you've got a great family, a great family there, um, you know, which is obviously a big, a big a part of being successful, I think, is what's happening at home as as well, you know, because I mean, I'm the same. I, I, I couldn't do what I do if I didn't have Chris by my side, you know, and, and I'm sure you're you're the same with Howard and, and, and the lads. Um, but how hard has it been for for those guys while you've been running a business? Not just not just now. I mean, in general, because they must see, you know, you're putting the hours in. Sometimes that's really stressful. You're not necessarily getting as far as you want to get as fast as you want all the time, you know, and, and then you've got your loved ones there kind of watching you through this journey. How, how does it play out as a family unit then for you? I mean, I think when I was at the co-op, the kids were young and I, and I very didn't see them very often. And thankfully, I'd got Howard in, in place because, like you said, if Howard hadn't been here to give me the flexibility to do what I've done in my career, you know, things may have been different. Um, since I set up designer travel, obviously, I've worked from home mainly. Um, so I've been at home more. So I think the kids have been able to see me work more, whereas when you're not here... They can't see so you know Howard has continued throughout all of this to be so supportive which you know is invaluable and the kids I think you know are teenagers so they think you know they've been out to work for once a week or a few hours and they think they've done as big a job and as busy so I think they're typical teenagers now they just choose not to see it and I think there's probably lots of people in that place but you know you just gotta they're good kids and you know they don't cause me any grief they've done well at school and I you know I just hope that that they see what I do see that I love it and they look for an opportunity in their career that they will love as well Mm. did you did you ever did you ever have that conflict Amanda of sort of feeling like you know it's it's not easy as a working mum you know whether you're when you're at the co-op or doing your own business do you ever have that sort of conflict of feeling oh my gosh you know I'm guilty because I'm feeling like I'm at work and I'm not spending enough time with the kids or I'm with the kids and I'm feeling like oh god I've got this thing going on over in the business that I should be dealing with does that did that ever come up for you or did you always manage it quite well I think I've managed it better since I've been at home. However, at, at the co-op, definitely, you know, I, I ha- absolutely had guilt. So when we went on a family holiday, it was an all or nothing. You know, it was really throw myself into everything. And I absolutely overcompensated by spoiling them with things that were material rather than my time, which, you know, that wasn't ideal. Whereas for the last, you know, 13 years since I've been based at home, I am able more to give them the time when they need it, come back to the office because it's just downstairs. So that has definitely been better. Um, so, but it, yeah, I, I think it's a really hard one for working parents to, you know, to have to give up time with their children because they grow up so fast. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and Amanda, if it's all right, I mean, you know, you you had you had some health issues as well uh, that you you know you don't necessarily focus on um, so much now because you're through it all. But can we just talk about that a little bit? Because I know that was that must have been a really incredibly tough time for you. And you know, it's it's not easy actually when you've got health things happening at the same time as trying to run a business, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, six years ago, I went for a routine mammogram no symptoms nothing turns out very long story short I ended up with quite an aggressive breast cancer thank god I went for the mammogram early um so I ended up with operations chemotherapy losing like hair and all kinds of dramatic horrible things however at the beginning when I didn't know what the prognosis was my dad's advice really didn't help because my worst case scenario was really worst case scenario um, however, very quickly, I realised that because it had been caught early, that the prognosis was quite positive. So that was me then done. It's positive. I'm going to kind of just go with this. And I genuinely worked throughout everything. The chemo work kept me going. I worked from home. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be seen as that girl with cancer. So I didn't tell anybody unless they needed to know. I just got on with it. And when I felt tired, I sat on the sofa and watched some rubbish on TV for a few hours. Um, and I just, you know, I try, I, I do worry about it coming back, like I'm sure everyone who's in a similar situation. But then I put it in a box and think, you know, what? I don't worry about me if I'm over, I buy a bus or getting a heart attack, get a grip. And my mum is my absolute diamond on this because she had breast cancer when she was 57, so years after I had, and she's still here fighting fit, and she is really does, you know, Ron Seal does what it says on the tin, so when I get all stressed, you'd be like, come on, put yourself together, so, you know, typical mum, get get on with it, girl, you're all right, so, so yeah, and, and I think if it's taught me anything, it's taught me that, you know, you can get through lots of things, still staying positive, I was never negative once I realized that the worst case I could handle and you don't set sweat the small stuff you know that you face these things I used to hate flying I used to hate and be so scared now I get on a plane and I think pull yourself together Amanda good god you've had all this go wrong so I actually look out the window and everything now so I'm, um, I'm I just think you just puts a different perspective onto things um, and I'm, you know, we've had a few of our home workers that have gone through the same and, you know, I give them loads of helpful hints and tell them to write a diary and, you know, I'm there if they need anything. So, you know, you learn from these things and you try and help other people that have, are in the same place to maybe not, you know, panic as much. God, amazing. And uh, yeah, I kind of went a bit goose pimply when you were talking then, because I'm sort of, you know, I can, I could. Yeah, feel it for you. But listen, I mean, the great thing is you're through it. You're you're well. You're healthy. Business is thriving. You know, even though it's been like the toughest time possible. But I think uh, you know a huge amount of your success is down to that mindset. It's down to that positivity. It's down to the fact that you're prepared to give anything a go and and see where it lands. And you know, I think all credit to you. Those values that you have are just so strong uh, and so inspiring for other people. Really, it's um, it's great to hear what you've done. It really is. Oh, thank you. I, I, as I say, you could talk about it all night when you love, you love what you do. You know, it's, it's, and it's like even my dad. I'm really close to my parents, but you know, my dad will ring me every day, pretty much. Like, what are the figures? What have you done? And you know, he loves it. He hasn't got probably a half a clue what I'm talking about half the time. But you know, it's, it's, you know, you, 
you have proud moments with lots of things. You know, we've we've won so many awards and the awards are for all of us. You know, it's a team effort. And but it's so lovely to be recognised, you know, and it, you know, it's I, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to, to work. Yeah, absolutely. And how important have, has been sort of having mentors or coaches or, or sort of people that have guided you or really supported you through your career? Because for me, I've had so many incredible either formal coaches and mentors or informal, actually, you know, that have have just been absolutely monumental in terms of my career. And I'm sure you've had the same. Is, is that been important? Yeah, I, think, I mean, at the co-op, it was very much more of a formal kind of thing where you have people coming in, you know, to... to help you navigate your you know your job and your, your personal life and things I mean I, I, and I've had some amazing bosses I mean one of my boss bosses who unfortunately isn't here any longer you know a lady called Yvonne Rankin she was just amazing she she taught me so much and she she was just the most inspiring strong brave woman I've, I've ever met and you know she gave me a few bits of advice you know one was don't ever come to me with a surprise. If you've got bad news, tell me a minute it happens. I don't like surprises. And I live by that. You know, if something's wrong, you just own up to it. Own it and own up to it straight away. But she was, you know, she just did so well in her career. And it wasn't because she was a woman. She was just brilliant. So I've always felt that. I don't like to think I've done well because I'm a woman. I've done well because... I've worked hard and I've been good at what I'm doing. And so I don't buy into all this, you know, women's kind of glass ceilings at the co-op. But if I got the job, I wanted to get it because it was I was good enough to do it. Um, and she was exactly the same. So I've probably got a lot of that from her. And, you know, and there's been other people that have kind of, I've looked at and thought, no, I wouldn't want to be like that. Thank you very much. And in some ways, they teach you as much as the people teach you that you really admire and, and want to be like. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, along the way, we've, we've you know, I've, I've had lots of help and support, especially people that have got businesses that are similar to mine. I speak to, you know, three times a week and we help each other. And, you know, there's there's, there's always people and there's always something you can learn. There's always a school day. Yeah, absolutely. Every day, we're all work in progress, aren't we? That's what I always think, you know, and uh, until the day we die and the minute you stop what, having an appetite for learning, I think is we should hang your boots up, right? But, um, <laughs> I mean, and you're very close to Miles Morgan, aren't you, who has also been on uh, the podcast. And, again, a great example of where having like-minded, energetic, positive people in the business, in the industry that you can pick up the phone to at the drop of a hat and know that you, you, you're speaking to someone that totally gets it? Oh, I, I mean, Miles is one of my lifelong friends. I do speak to him at least twice a week. And, you know, we don't ever worry about, you know, we're there to help each other. It's not a competition. You know, I'd do anything to help him. He'd do anything to help me. And, you know, it's lovely through the pandemic. He got me through and I, I'd love to think that I did the same for him. You know, we would chew the fat for hours and we would always try and be, you know, take the positive out of the negative. And, you know, yeah, there, there are lots of people like that, that, you know, you, you are just invaluable to your, your well-being, you know, in, in business and outside. 
Yeah, no, big shout out to Miles. We all love Miles, absolutely. But um, yeah, like you say, there are many other people out there as well. But that's the key, isn't it? I think, you know, I always say to people, have a good hard look at who you're spending your time with, both personally and professionally. You know, make sure you've got the right people around you. And it and it is a choice. It is a choice. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I've been so lucky in, in my career with designer travel and, and the co-op is I've had Karen, my co-owner with me. So you know, when you're going through all this, you're going through it on your own in a lot of cases when you're just the owner of the business. Whereas, you know, I've had Karen all the way through this. So, you know, she's had me, I've had her. We, we've, you know, had some down and up times. And But, you know, without her, it would it would have been much, much harder. You know, she is she is a rock within our business and she is, you know, just so practical and will see things through. And, you know, she, she's just amazing. Yeah. And what's the secret to that then, do you think, in terms of, you know, someone that maybe is going into partnership, into business with either either a, you know, a, 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 an ex-colleague maybe like like you guys were, or, or maybe it's a life partner or just, you know, an, another person that's in, you know, they're going into business with. How, how do you navigate through that when you're actually first starting out and even now to make sure that you're both, I suppose, focusing on the right things, not tripping each other up and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is all about trust. You've got to trust the other person. And, and I always say, you know, would I trust these people with my own money? Would I, you know, would I let them look after my kids? Would I? And if the answer is yes, you know, you've got to think about this long term, not ever short term. And so you've got to pick people that, that you want in your circle for a long time. Um, that you would, you know, that you would trust implicitly. And I would trust Karen with everything. Um, and I think that is, is is all that you need, because if you've got that trust and you've got an open and honest relationship, then anything that you have as a challenge, you should be able to sit down and have an honest and open conversation. And, you know, I think that's really important when you're choosing your partners. Um, and if it's, especially if it's somebody you don't know, then I would be doing so much research into how they've treated people and how they've worked with other people in the past. Yeah, definitely. And I think also defining your roles, you know, what you're good at and, and you know, making sure that you, you can both contribute and add value as well in the right way. Um, because I know when we're a bit different with Chris and I in our property business because we live together as well. But certainly when we were starting out, you know, we, we, we definitely spent a bit of time. We were sort of both tripping each other up a little bit. And it took a while for us to go, no, actually, right, you're really good at this. I'm really good at that. Let's let's kind of play different roles in the business and, and be clear on that um, and come together when when there are important things to be made and decisions to to be had but um i think you two both play fantastically different roles you're very different personalities but you complement each other perfectly don't you and as you say the, the trust is there yeah it's like the yin and yang and one of the things i think i've done in my career though is i think it's so easy what you know you all go and do these swot analyses on yourselves and, and your colleagues and quite often you spend so much energy helping people get better at their weaknesses you see my view is very different what are people's strengths and let's play to people's strengths and that's exactly what we do here in designer travel you know my strengths are very different from karen's we very much we very rarely overlap but we've always got the kind of same you know we're always coming from the same direction so you know focus on what people are good at and use them for the strengths and you'll be surprised what people can achieve 
Yeah, no, that's brilliant advice. Absolutely. And so what, what's next for, for Amanda and designer travel? What does the next kind of like few years look like? Well, I mean, I think we're exploding right now, which is amazing. And I think we'll continue to take on the right home workers based on, you know, their values and whether they want to be involved in luxury travel and a, and, and a business like ours. Um, we, we're now not a secret anymore. We're well known. We've won lots of things and we've been very vocal over the last few years. So I think it's, I mean, we're going to really go into some of the target markets that we've not done before, which I think has, has already started to work just in eight weeks. And, you know, we will just continue doing what we're doing and try to be the best luxury homeworking business out there, but be a lovely place to work. And that, that is what we will continue to do. Yeah, and, and it's important, Amanda, isn't it? Because you are in that growth mode again, which is fantastic, you know, especially on the back of, of a tough few years, but, you know, you're really going for it. So where can people find you? Because it might be someone listening to this thinking, oh, God, I fancy actually getting on board there. Or it might be, you know, a supplier that actually wants to, to do more business with you. Where can where can people find you? What's the best way to so, connect? So on the website, which is designertravel.co.uk, you'll find me and Karen and all of our experts. Oh, we've got amazing base. Facebook page and which is at designer travel instagram at designer travel tiktok at designer travel i've even had a go at that i can tell you not, not with much success yet um and twitter at designer travel so you know if you google us you'll find us we're easy to find and um and we're all hope we're happy to have conversations even if people are thinking about working from home even if, you know, we'll be very honest with them. We're never a hard sell because it's not for everyone. And, you know, those people that think it is, it really isn't. And you've got to know the pros and cons about going into this with your eyes open. And that's what, what our job is. And then we very, very rarely have people leave because we've done job up front. Yeah, perfect. No, that's brilliant. And um, I could highly recommend, I can highly recommend all designer travel, Amanda and Karen, brilliant, all the team are fantastic. So yeah, definitely, definitely get in touch. Don't be shy. Um, so we could chat for hours. We should be doing this over a glass of wine, Amanda. So then the, the next one we will do, I'm sure, with alcohol. Um, but we're settling for Zoom at the moment. But anyway, despite that, I've got a few more questions just to finish off before we uh before we we stop, if that's all right, Amanda. So when you look back over your illustrious business life, career, personal life, everything going on that you've, you've gone through and you've, um, you've had all those successes, can you think of the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think the best piece of advice, I go back to my dad and I go back to, you know, whatever you problem you're having to face, look at the worst case scenario and then work back from there. And, and that kind of puts you in a mindset to deal with anything and it's never ever as bad as, as it as it could be. So that that absolutely that I live and stand by that and have done for many, many, many years. Yeah, that's a great one. I love it. Absolutely. We all gotta we all gotta get get hooked up with Amanda's dad. Start 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 reporting your business numbers into Amanda's dad on a weekly basis. <laughs> We'd love it. Yeah. He doesn't have to use Excel or anything. He'd have to he'd have to write it all down. Brilliant. I love it. Fantastic. What's your dad's name, Amanda? And your mum? Oh, it's Robert. Robert and Linda. Robert and Linda, there we go. Power couple, obviously. Yeah, fantastic. And can you think of any sort of advice that didn't go so well, maybe Amanda, or it was, you know, advice that you decided not to take because, you know, just just sort of you brushed it off and you thought, no, actually, I don't really want to do that. 
Um, I mean, I, I did think about this. And I, I mean, to be fair, I'm a 53-year-old woman with a menopausal brain. And anything that's been told to me that I didn't like or didn't agree with is probably not even in the bank anymore. <laughs> it's, it's gone. I can only have so much in there. So, um, yeah, no, I haven't. I, I kind of... I don't see any advice as bad advice. I mean, whether I choose to agree with it or not, because everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Um, so I, I'd probably listen and then probably take a, a, a snippet out of it, but nothing stands out, no. Yeah, well, maybe it comes back to that whole ethos you have around positivity and therefore I'm just going to filter it out if it's negative and it's, it's sort of bad advice for you. It's gone. Forget it, you know. I the one thing I never do is I never worry about what other people are doing. So people can come and do the same as us or try and do the same as us. And I think fair play, back on. I know how hard it is. And, and I, I think if you spend your life worrying about what other people are doing, that's time could be spent on making yourself better or making yeah. business better. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you never really quite know, do you? You know, the veneer that's out there and also with social media, everything looks all happy, clappy and wonderful. And, you, you know, you never really know what the truth what the truth is behind that. So, yeah, you're right. Trying not to compare yourself to other people, I think, is a, it's a good bit of advice in general. So the final question, this podcast is called Brave, Bold, Brilliant, as you know, Amanda, and you are all three of those things. Um, but when you think about that either as individual words or as a phrase, what, what does it mean to you? I think what it means to me is finding something you love um, and, and really going for it and, and not being frightened of, of failing, not being frightened of making mistakes, take calculated risks. And, and, and I think life's too short. You know, do what you love and don't be swayed by what other people think you should be doing. Just carry on with what you think is the right thing to do and take people with you, you know, take people on that journey with you. So your success is their success and vice versa. And, you know, ultimately it's, it's a difficult world out there at the moment and kindness and being kind and keeping people going is, is free. And so, you know, the more that the happier your team are and the more they feel cared for, the more I think, that you will thrive and, and, you know, and not just survive, but you will do really well. Oh, yeah, fantastic. 100%, 100%. I love that answer. Thank you so much. Well, it's been amazing having you on, Amanda. We could chat for hours, but thank you so much. It's been fab. Oh, thank you too for having me. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review. 